Hey everyone, this is Prashant and I'll be your host for the VC10X podcast and today we have Jason Kirby with us. Jason is the founding partner and managing director at Tender, a platform that connects capital raisers to the right capital allocators using AI and human relationships. Tender serves startups raising $1 to $20 million for their seed A or B plus rounds or GPs raising $10 million plus funds. In this episode, we talk about how investment banking is broken, how Thunder is democratizing access to capital, balancing founders, VCs, and LPs on the platform, how to build a company to sell, taking on Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan Chase, and a lot more. So without wasting any time, let's dive straight in. Oh wait, if you haven't subscribed to VC10X yet, please do, and give us a five-star rating if you find value in this episode. Now, let's start. Hey, Jason. So good to have you on the VC10X podcast. How are you doing? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So to start things off, can we have your story and how you started Thunder VC? Yeah, no, happy to do so. So my background, serial entrepreneur, you know, while in college, started my first business, uh, turned out to be you know pretty successful, gave me the opportunity to travel the world, get exposure to lots of other entrepreneurs in the ecosystem. Uh, but realized running a small business wasn't for me, got into the startup world, raised some capital, uh, you know, ended up getting involved in a couple different uh, VC-backed businesses, uh, raised about $40 million in uh, the last several years for a couple different companies, uh, had a couple exits, and most notable was selling a tech company to uh, Walmart, so a company called Liquid Sky. Uh, amazing experience, learned a ton, uh, had a uh, you know, pretty accelerated uh, learning experience for all those efforts. Uh, got into some of my own angel investing and LP investing, uh, backing fund managers and other companies. And uh, just quickly realized, you know, having gone from the, the founder startup executive side of raising capital to then being on the capital allocation side, there's definitely some, some gaps that uh, I feel the market you know, really lets down a lot of wonderful and great entrepreneurs, as well as a lot of investors not getting uh, either the data, the information, or the access to allocation that, uh, that they're looking for. So I decided to kind of friend up with uh, partner up with my buddies over at Interplay Ventures, which would be Mark, Peter Davis, and Kevin Tung. I've known them for a little while, about five years or so, when I first got into the New York startup ecosystem. And we both kind of had the same sentiment and decided to, to join forces and launch what we call Thunder, um, which is a tech-enabled investment bank, which is set out to solve this very you know, problem of streamlining the fundraising ecosystem by having a proprietary network of you know, double opt-in, you know, so VCs, LPs, and founders all opt into the network. And then we use AI to identify who has a higher probability of investing in who. And so at the core of its premise of what we offer today, that's, uh, that's essentially it, but happy to dive in a little bit more. But that's kind of the, the, the story from you know, my background to, to Thunder in a nutshell. And that's really interesting. So basically... The founders, the VCs, and the LPs all sign up and put in their details. And then uh, whenever a founder pitches, so are they specifically pitching to specific investors or are they just pitching on the platform? And then you decide who would be the right uh, investors. We have two experiences. So you're either a capital raiser or you're a capital yeah. allocator. So that could be a founder raising capital from VCs or a VC raising capital from LPs. So when you're a capital raiser, you publish your information and our AI makes the recommendation to the relevant investors, capital allocators, onto the platform to consider 
you know, reviewing your information and reaching out to you directly. Um, so that's free to be you know, on the platform and to have access to that. Um, all you have to do is publish your information keep it updated. And as you make updates, um, the scores in our AI will update and change and recommendations will change to, to the investors. We do not allow uh, founders, uh, or in this case, capital raisers to reach out to capital allocators. So we protect the privacy of our capital allocators. Um, and, you know, as most cases, a lot of founders, they will, you know, if they have access to a list of VCs, they'll just spam it and just like constantly harass them. And that doesn't really help the ecosystem at all. In fact, it hurts their efforts. So by giving, putting the hands, uh, the power into the hands of the capital allocators, it creates a more fluid ecosystem. There's a lot less activity because of that, because, you know, there's a lot more selection in the process, um, but it creates a more genuine connection and leads to more successful outcomes. Um, and if you're a capital allocator, you get to see the deal flow rated and sorted and filtered based on your investment criteria. So every investor sees a completely different um, recommended list of companies. No, there is no equal match, uh, you know, or equivalent match on the on the platform. Everyone has their own unique uh, scores. And that's a very interesting model wherein there are three important pieces of the puzzle, right? So there are founders, there are VCs, and there are LPs, right? So, and you have to ensure that there is a good balance of all three on the platform, right? So how do you market to each of these category of people and get them on the platform? Because they can do that off the platform as well, the conventional way, but why do it on Thunder? So we acquire users on a, on a couple of different channels. So number one is word of mouth. You know, we're still early. We're still, you know, relatively young. And most of all of our uh, relationships is what drives in uh, our users. So VCs recommending founders to the platform, whether it be their porcos after the going out to raise the next round um, or, you know, they met with a founder, met with a VC and the VC, you know, wasn't a good fit uh, based on their thesis, but felt it was a good company and they refer them to Thunder. Um, and the reason why people join is to basically, it's a very simple experience to basically get additional exposure for VCs to reach out to you. So instead of you chasing down the investors, the VCs reach out to you. Uh, like I said, that's our free experience. So that value proposition is, is really high. You know, if it takes five minutes to kind of update and populate your information. Uh, and then from there, if you're attractive to VCs, they reach out to you, uh, creates a much more constructive dialogue, saves a lot of time, streamlines the process. But we also have something I've mentioned yet, which is how we monetize, and that's our white glove service. So when we look at all the companies, we've got about 1200 companies, close to 400 VCs now, and about 200 LPs in the network. And what we've learned is, you know, our AI basically scores every single company in the network. And we are able to kind of identify who are the best opportunities or the best companies that most likely raise capital through our network. We reach out to them and we basically help them uh, get warm introductions. So they're not able to reach out to those VCs directly, but we have that relationship with the VC and we can make the recommend recommendation personally. So we put that in front of the VCs and it'll be anywhere between... 10 to 40 introductions that we'll make depending on the, you know, the, the scores that our AI recommends uh, in our engine. And so that's our, our core value add for the select few companies that go through our ecosystem that we handpick and uh, with our, you know, the systems or AI to make those recommendations to our RBC network. And how we monetize is we're a registered broker dealer affiliate. We are able to charge a success fee. So we charge no fees up front no SaaS fees, no fees to be part of the network. Um, basically, if we choose you, it's uh, you know the golden ticket to basically get these warm intros and assist in your fundraise. Um, we don't 
make anything complicated. We just try to give you the best advice to best present your your pitch and your materials to our VC network. We make those intros, and if we are able to facilitate uh, a deal to close, we take um, anywhere between one and a half to five percent of the funds raised. Usually, if we raise about two million bucks, it comes out to about a little less than three percent of the raise. Got it. Uh, that, that's an interesting model. So uh, the only place you're charging at if uh, if founders want warm intros from your side, only that, or because it's also free if they want to go the default way. And the other is that if a deal gets through, uh, then you take a cut from that. So that doesn't really cost the founders. Uh, it's it's a cost for whom. Who's that cost for? So say an investor, so we bring ABC Ventures to invest in XYZ company. When they make that investment, uh, you know, we invoice the, the company uh, for that fee after they've closed the round. Okay. So it comes out of the capital raised uh, amount. So traditional broker-dealer success-based uh, mm-hmm. fee model. Um, so that way we're able to um, basically have this large community of opt-in People having the opportunity to connect, and we get the you know process that data and use that data to make better um, uh, recommendations. But then, um, how we monetize and how we have a sustainable business model outside of a lot of the SaaS matching platforms that people have had a really negative experience with in the past. Uh, you know, we monetize with that that success fee, um, which you know is a very sustainable uh, model for us. Uh, and it's success based, so you know there's no risk. We're not asking for ten grand upfront or a retainer fee, which is what's traditional in investment banking in the space now. And why it's gotten such a bad rep, specifically in venture, is often in the early stages from seed to Series B, you have bankers come in charging five, ten grand a month, um, usually with a six month advance upfront, plus seven percent uh, commission, plus uh, anywhere between two to five percent of warrants very expensive and you know usually not a banker in that time in that situation isn't really connecting you to vcs they're usually connecting you to family offices or connecting you to uh high worth individuals which you know can get you money but you're not necessarily getting the the benefits that you would typically get by you know having a vc on your on your cap table um so that's one of the main reasons we differentiate from you know traditional banking and how we differentiate from typical matching platforms that are out there is matching platforms are, are just that they turn into giant spam bots and not bots, but they're just basically founders spamming investors, um, or they're just a list of investors without really any opt-in. So it's no better than cold email in most cases. And there's no human involved. There's no one vetting those deals, you know, vetting that those are truly venture backable opportunities. So VCs often tune out uh, a lot of those emails. Whereas when we email uh, a VC, it's a, it's a human, myself or someone on our team, emailing that VC who we have a relationship with, who's familiar with Thunder, who's opted in for our our deal flow, and we get a response. Uh, you know whether they're interested in that opportunity or not, and we only set up meetings with founders that are our clients once we've you know gained interest from that VC already. So it's a much warmer, qualified intro than they would get uh, otherwise. Got it. Very interesting. Uh, and let's talk about the other fundraise here, which is VCs raising their funds from LPs, right? So how, how do things work from that side? Is it like more or less the same model wherein you take a cut if the fund is raised uh, or a different model there? Yeah, so this is very traditional in the space um, as it is today. Uh, it's called a placement agent, effectively is what the service is called. So it works very similar to the other model where we onboard a fund, uh, we basically vet 
that they are a valid uh, opportunity that's going to resonate with our LP audience and that there's going to be LPs interested in that particular fund. We then do due diligence on that fund, uh, validating any claims or any um, you know, numbers or return metrics that they've you know, published and you verify that their strategy is relevant to our LP audience. From there, we'll make a similar process. We'll make warm introductions to what we mostly have is family offices. So family offices that you know write in between quarter million to $5 million checks into uh, funds as their first investment uh, to kind of initiate that relationship. And then we charge around a 2% uh, placement fee. So how that fee works is if we help raise $10 million for a fund, from a couple LPs, we take 2% uh, of that. So would that be, you know, 200,000, but that's spread out over a couple of years because as in VC, you don't, you don't get your man hundred percent of your manager fee upfront for all that, um, you know, uh, commitment. Uh, so it's spread out over a period of time. So typically we like to take a quarter of that amount on the initial close, which, you know, is usually aligned with expectations. Uh, and then from there we take it over, you know, eight to 12 quarters, the remaining amount. Um, to kind of spread it out. And, you know, depending on the VC's capital call structure, how they operate, we're pretty flexible on making sure we accommodate them. But uh, as of right now, the first, you know, load of GPs that we're introducing LPs, we're not taking on any follow investing fees. So if that LP goes on to invest uh, in future funds, we're not taking a fee on that, uh, at least for our initial batch of GPs that we're introducing to, to LPs this coming quarter, which is very common for like kind of a, a tail period to, uh, most bankers to, to take a continuous fee. And also in big banks, you know, one big thing that we've uh, really stood out and kind of get LPs interested in, big banks like JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, a lot of them, they will charge the LPs fees to access those uh, allocation into funds, plus charge the GPs. So that really hurts the, you know, their overall returns for, for LPs. So there's absolutely no fees of any kind to capital allocators uh, on the platform. So whether you're a VC allocating capital into a company, you pay no fee. Whether you're an LP investing into a fund or a company. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And is there a way in which you're t keeping tabs on if the VCs that you've onboarded or the LPs you've onboarded are actually active? Because that's, that, that's what matters because founders are not able to directly message the vcs on there so the vcs need to be themselves active to be seeing the deals that are coming there right yeah so we send out um a monthly digest of the five most relevant deals to vcs allowing them to to review and take action we have what we call passive and active vcs so passive are the ones that we send out our top deals to so those are you know we're working anywhere between five to ten to twelve companies a month and we're making intros um and reaching out to those vcs we have about a 95% response rate from those VCs, whether they're interested or not interested. Um, we have a really high success rate in terms of them engaging back with us. Uh, even after going through the slowest summer, you know, VC summer we've had in years, we're still having VCs respond. It might take them a week or two, but we get the response. Um, but uh, as far as VCs being active on the platform, that's a relatively new feature. We're starting to see um, uh, activity pick up on that. So we're seeing dozens of you know, match requests go out. Uh, you know, through the platform to to companies, um, you know, via the VCs interacting on the platform and something that we're ramping up with the deal digests and uh, additional um, uh, features that we're releasing for, for VCs to leverage that more. Um, so, yeah, we have the passive and the active. So the ones that are our clients, the, the white glove service, um, get a significant response rate and, you know, feedback and uh, engagement. 
the ones that join the platform, you know, we are seeing the best companies, the ones that are, you know, at the top of the list, getting the most engagement. And that's, you know, rightfully so. Um, and we're starting to see VCs really pick up that momentum, which has been great. That's great. Uh, also, since you've been a serial entrepreneur and sold some companies and serial entrepreneurs are specifically preferred uh, by investors a lot, right? So uh, you think there is a secret sauce to being a serial entrepreneur of how you build a company so that you can sell it one day? Because VCs eventually are looking for exits. Ultimately, they want a return on the investment, right? And that is why serial entrepreneurs are favored a lot in this market, right? So what do you think is the recipe to building a company and then eventually selling it? How do you build with that mindset? As a CEO or as a founding team, one thing, you got to build a great company. You got to build a company that people you know desire and want. Um, it really comes down to a couple of things that matter the most. And that's, you know, beyond having a great company, because that that's a you know non-negotiable, you're going to have to have a, a company worth buying. But how you make it worth buying is having an incredible team. And to not be, it's one thing to be a great leader and a great entrepreneur, and that's you know an amazing opportunity, and that's where you really take you know things to the next level and really grow enterprise value um, by being overall uh, an incredible leader that has the the top leadership mindset in terms of being able to hire and retain top talent, which is one of the most important things that a lot of VCs look for. Um, and one thing that a lot of people don't talk about, just a little side note on selling your company, you might have. Uh, you might be building something that's really compelling, but maybe it's not, doesn't end up being the true venture $1 billion type opportunity. And maybe you didn't hit the the revenue numbers that you really need to hit. But if you've been able to acquire an incredible team, especially in the engineering team, you can almost get almost a million to $2 million ahead uh, in an acquisition, uh, what's known as typically as an aqua hire, which is kind of a, a safe bet for uh, VCs is, you know, they're able to get their money back uh, or maybe get a small multiple uh, on the opportunity if the, the company kind of sizzles out and doesn't necessarily have the most success. So that's something that a lot of VCs look for is can you attract and retain and grow top talent? Because uh, that makes, you know, the raw enterprise value substantially higher. Um, if you're often leaning on, you know, a, a less uh, talented team or, you know, a younger, more novice team, you might be scrappier, might be cheaper, but you really got to hit that growth rate uh, and then you kind of have that key man issue where, you know, if you were to step out as the founder after an acquisition, will the company still retain its value? So that's something I always kind of keep in mind when it comes to building a great business. Um, and again, going back to, to selling, there's kind of like these VC hype, you know, opportunities where you build a great product, you're raising insane amounts of money and a competitor or a complimentary, you know, large business wants to take you out of the market to either reduce the risk for uh, competition or to complement, you know, service. So there's a lot of businesses that are built to sell that look at targeting potential acquirers in the early days and looking for, you know, that nine figure exit. A lot of VCs don't really like to hear that story as much as they'll, you know, take it uh, if that's the opportunity. Um, if especially coming in pre-seed seed stage, because uh, they'll still be able to get a great return if they're selling for a nine figure exit. Um, but when, you know, just when you think about you know selling the company, if you're not necessarily selling it from that perspective, um, you know what really comes down to is build a great, sustainable, high quality business that does get to profitability. And like, there's a lot of there's content for the VC world, and there's content for like building a great business. And sometimes they don't align. And I've been in the, like the small business world where it's all been about profitability and hitting like 15, 20 percent 
you know, uh, profit margins. And then, you know, you kind of get into VC world. It's like, how fast can you burn cash and get more cash? And, you know, kind of hit those top line vanity metrics more than, you know, building a great business. So you as a founder have to decide, you know, what's the best path for you? And is raising venture capital appropriate if you're going to try to build a sustainable, profitable business? Um, because a lot of VCs, as much as that's a good thing to have, it tames you back from growing a, a great business. And I deal with founders all the time coming into Thunder that are you know, dealing with those issues. They're like a Series A, Series B company that have the choice of raising maybe a couple million, get to profitability and sustain you know, 5 20% year over year growth, good, healthy business, but not VC backable from there on out. So it's hard to get that couple million. Or do they articulate a different story that shows more of a higher burn rate, but uh, you know, massive growth rate of you know, 50 or 100% year over year growth? Um, which is a lot more stress, you're giving up more equity. Um, and if you don't make it work, you risk, you know, potentially losing your, you know, your business. So it's something that founders need to think about as they want to design a business to, um, to grow or to sell. Um, you know, it's something that can't always be figured out in the good day, in the early days. But, you know, if you're passionate about what you're building and you're committed to it for the next 10, 20 years, you know, usually those types of founders will figure out what's best uh, for creating enterprise value and go down that path. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, th- that's that's a really insightful answer. Uh, besides, what are the kind of uh, stages that can be raised on Thunder? Uh, for, up till what stage uh, can be raised on Thunder by founders? So we have anywhere from, you know, Angel to Series C. Um, our primary sweet spot and the companies that we focus on in terms of our white glove and really want to, you know, acquire more companies on the platform is Seed and Series A. You know, that's where we kind of see our sweet spot of adding value. Um, you know, pre-seed sometimes it's just, it's just too early to kind of even do our due diligence process, you know, on and be able to add value. Um, and there's just so many out there, it's hard to uh, to really differentiate. But given the scoring algorithm and just having VCs, we have a lot of pre-seed, you know, VCs on the platform that are looking for high volume deal flow and you know, reaching out to a lot of these younger companies kind of see where the diamond in the rough is. And our AI helps them basically prioritize the likeliness of hitting that diamond faster. Right. And one more thing I would like uh, some perspective on is like if a founder goes on and makes a profile on Thunder VC, so in what span of time can he expect to get a reply from a VC or a reach out from a VC or something of that, that sort that, okay, the impact that Thunder is creating for them. What's the typical time span there? So the time span could vary. Um, we manually review every single company that comes onto the platform. And that review process can be a day. It could be a week. Um, we do require an analyst on our team to review every single company for the sake of making sure it's a venture backable company. We don't want, you know, the next Joe's pizza shop, trying to raise 25 grand to open up the next location on our, you know, VC network. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we screen out a lot of companies uh, for that reason to make sure VCs come and they see, you know, quality, you know, venture backable opportunities. So that could take up a week, a little over a week. Uh, we kind of ask for at least two weeks to get to it just because sometimes we have high volume, you know, signups in a week and we have to review the deck, review the materials and make a decision. Um, you know, from there, we either decide if a company is, you know, um, a fit for us or, or not. And, you know, so the first check is, are they a fit for the platform? Yes or no. And then the second bit is, are they fit for our white glove or not? Um, so for usually VC, uh, founders will get an answer within about a week or two of what our decision is, whether, Hey, welcome to the platform. 
uh, you've been published, come join our founder community. So we have a, a founder Slack community where we share resources and content to help people in their, their founder journey, host events and things of that sort. Um, and then if we do the white glove, yeah, we'll onboard them and it takes, uh, you know, we take, you know, do an intake call, do some due diligence, you know, send agreements and then, you know, start the, the outreach campaign, which you know, happy to kind of talk about, uh, how we differentiate on the outreach campaign. But, um, as far as VCs responding, it just depends on how frequently they're coming in. So most VCs will come in on average, like once a month, they'll kind of check the, the new deals that have come in or they'll wait till they get the, the monthly digest to, to take action. So depending on when you sign up, um, you are moved up and you're like, if you are relevant to that particular VC that it's logged in, uh, you're recommended to them and then the probability is much higher, but it could be, you know, it's really dependent on when the VCs come in, but it'd be a couple weeks um, for that kind of first response. You usually don't see an instantaneous response uh, just by publishing the profile. Um, we try not to send out um, notifications for every single company signing up just because, again, that turns into noise and VCs will start to uh, you know, tune that out. So we've kind of had that experience before when we launched our MVP. We've taken the lessons learned and we're starting to see a lot more success, a lot more trust built between the VCs and a lot more responsiveness from VCs based on the actions that we've taken. Right. And on what basis is the AI ranking these companies that have been published? So are these ranked by the time they come in just that way? Or is the algorithm like taking in some factors that how is the pitch or you guys are doing something that makes sure where which company ranks? Yeah, so the AI is pretty complex. It takes in about 80 different points of reference to calculate uh, the, the match score. So we first look at companies like the NIST to succeed on the platform. And so that's ranked against every other company in the network based on, you know, state, you know, so the, the relevance of what capital stage are at versus what their product stage is in terms of the revenue stage. Um, and we look at a bunch of vari uh, variabilities, variables around that. Uh, we take into consideration their sectors, their geo, um, what else? Uh, whether they're B two B, B two C, uh, you know what their you know, market focus is, what their revenue models are. So we take in all these different variables, and, and based on the historical data that we've calculated on, our AI is basically able to recommend like, okay, uh, we do basically a bell curve, you know, model where. You know, every time a new company comes in, all the scores are recalculated um, and basically defines, you know, are these the outliers? Are these like the top, you know, 5% of the companies on the platform? And these are the median and so on. So we have this kind of bell curve of where companies sit. And then once we have that company score, we also do the same thing for investors. You know, how active are they? What's their velocity of investments? Are they making five investments a year? Are they making 40 investments a year? What's their average check size? You know, what's... Uh, how are they almost depleted in their fund? You know, was their fund, you know, uh, first closed like three years ago? So they're probably running out of, you know, cash out of that fund if they don't have another fund. So we're taking all these variables on the likeliness of a VC willing to act and make an investment. And then we look at a compatibility score. So that's how compatible is that one company with that one VC, which we then rank all of them. So every single company gets a compatibility score with every single VC. And we take in those three scores and create what we've uh, simplified probability score. So zero to hundred, what's the probability that uh, the investor looking at that company would be interested in taking a meeting with that company? So like a score of 70, high probability that you know, the VC will request a meeting. If the score is lower, then uh, you know, it's less likely. So that's, and it's very hard to get over a 70. Anything over a 70, we have a pretty good chance of you know, having success. 
um, is basically how the, the model works. Yeah, that's great. And moving on to my uh, last main question before we go for the close. So this one is, uh, what does the future for Thunder VC looks like? Yeah, so we really believe that you know, investment banking is broken and outdated. And we feel that venture is kind of our beachhead market and being able to solve this problem for venture because it's, you know, it's pain. And there's also just a lot of opportunity out there that gets lost in the noise. And we feel our technology will be able to streamline that. But we also feel that when it comes to LPs identifying relevant fund managers and direct co-investment opportunities, we feel we have the ability to disrupt that market pretty heavily, both in, uh, in venture, then private equity, and then other asset classes uh, from there. So our initial focus is create as much value as possible for early stage startups and build those relationships. We're now just, we're so young, but you know, we, we helped raise for a pre-seed company about nine months ago, uh, helped them find their lead investor uh, for 1.5 million pre-seed. Now they're going out for their $5 million seed round and they came back to us saying, hey, we wanna, we wanna use you guys again. Um, and what we hope to see is that progression of like, hey, you use this for your pre-seed or seed, now you're coming for the A, the B and the C, and then eventually uh, maybe for assistance in transaction or M&A transaction, they'll use us and our team for, uh, for M&A or, you know, my, my real vision is I want to be stealing business from like JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs for, for the IPOs and be charging way less fees, having a less toxic culture and, uh, you know, being a great brand uh, for, for companies to, to lean on when it comes to those moments. So when it comes to the company side, that's our future. When it comes to the fund side, you know, being able to go into alternative asset classes as we uh, start to grow our LP base. Yeah, that sounds great. Love the way you put it, right? Uh, and uh, to go for the close, uh, where can our listeners follow you? And where can LPs, VCs, and founders, all these, uh, go and sign up on Thunder VC? So it's just thunder.vc is where you can uh, learn more. We're going to be launching a new site soon. Um with some additional content that really explains everything in greater detail. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But you can sign up now at thunder.vc. Like I said, it's free to apply to join the network. We have a human review of every single you know, company on the platform. We hop on a call with every VC to make sure we truly understand their investment thesis um, and make recommendations to our, our clients. And then uh, to follow me, if you're interested, I post you know usually a couple times a week uh, interesting fundraising tips for either fund managers or, or founders or LPs. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn, just uh, Jason R. Kirby. Uh, you can look me up uh, or on Twitter, Jason Kirby, uh, at Jason Kirby. Um, so I'd love to, to have you follow and uh, happy to always answer questions. So if you ever want to pick my brain on something, uh, always happy to do so. Awesome. I'll make sure to put all those links in the show notes below so that our listeners can get there easily. Thank you so much for coming on, Jason. Love talking to you and love what you're building at uh, Tender VC. Uh, thank you for coming on. Pleasure hosting you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Pleasure.